If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. So, in this book, we're supposed to be uh, going to a war. There will be swearing. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter two of Battle Magic. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's tell you what we've seen. Okay, guys. So this is what we've seen. We have seen... Evie bitch about her clothes. We've seen Parahan, who is a slave of Emperor Weishu. We've seen him flirt with Rosethorn. And then we've seen an army. Done. That's our summary. Wow, that was a lot. And that <laughs> That's our summary. That's the whole summary. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. I feel like we need to start with Parahan. I love him. I think he's great. <laughs> he's funny. Does anybody think he's going to turn out to be a villain yet? No. As long not as he's yet. got those chains on him, probably not. I'm like, I feel like we need to like start like a poll or something and be like, What's the likelihood you think he's going to be a villain? What's the likelihood you think he's going to die? <laughs> I think he's going to die. There's a war going to happen. So, you know. Just statistically, he, you know. He's a prisoner. I, that's, Who cares about prisoners while, during war? So That's a good point. There is a war. So, like, the likelihood that anyone who is going to die, aside from Briar, Evie, and Rose Thorne, is pretty damn high. He's pretty great. For being a prisoner, he's pretty upbeat. <laughs> like, he's remarkably chill. He's yeah. so chill. And he's just cracking jokes and stuff. Like he's a okay. He he gives me kind of Uncle Iroh vibes, actually. Yeah. Not I, like completely, but a little bit. The first thing I thought of when I like read him, you've heard of like a gilded cage keeping someone trapped somewhere. So nice, but they can't get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never heard of golden shackles, and I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> it, it's such a weird... He, he seems surprisingly chill to be there, but also he is very clearly being Stuck kept there. there. They must be it's... treating him pretty good, right? It tells us a lot about the Emperor, though. Because we haven't really met Weishu yet. We've like kind of seen him from afar. But he keeps his his like prized slave because he says like i'm i'm the newest entertainment or something yeah so he keeps his prized slave in golden chains that tells you a lot about like his wealth and his like flaunting of stuff i mean he also you know is like come see my army so yeah. one of several well, he's like one of several uh, he's like come come visit me i know that you came all this way, but you're going to see my army first. And mm-hmm. I'll decide to see you when I decide to see you. Yeah. Who has other things they want to talk about? The 
discomfort Evie feels riding on the palanquin. Pal- palanquin? The audio pronounces it palanquin. Um, oh. But I'll I don't know. That. Yeah. Audio palanquin. audiobook narrators pronounce things wrong, so who knows? Yeah. I like that she was just like it's a it's a skull thumping honor in quotes is the way it's described, which yeah, she, <laughs> she fucking hates that shit. Like it's awful to her. I mean, yeah. I'd feel awkward if someone made me ride four other dudes. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, d- d- um, <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> Good way. If I were put on a palanquin, pa- pa- the, the riding majig, and was and uh, had to be carried by four dudes. There you go. Yeah, I would, go. I would feel very better. bad about it. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically a box being carried by people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which would not probably not be a comfortable ride like first off box likely not all that comfy to begin with and then she talks about how like hot and stuffy it is because there's no airflow mm-hmm. and then also like if you're being carried by people that's gonna be bumpy yeah uh, like, because they're not all gonna be the same height they're not gonna have the same gate and then there's a part where she's like oh we're going upstairs oh, so you're just gonna and- and it's bad for the people carrying them. That's just I, I, you know, the 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 idea that they're obviously either slaves or that low of a class to where you're stuck hauling a box around full of people. Uh, it just feels shitty. And Evie has been down there, and she's like, "This is awful. I don't like this." Right. Yeah. I was gonna say it just makes me think of uh, specifically the scene in Hell's Moving Castle, like the movie where the uh, witch of the waste is riding in the thing and they hit the uh, boundary the no magic boundary and then they all start to like sink and dissolve and she just like falls out that's what my brain thinks of that's immediately where my brain went when I read that I was like (sighs) I mean I, I get that like this is this is before we have like cars and shit so like if you don't want to walk the best way is to just get someone to carry you there are such things but, yeah there's horses. There, there's horses They'll... but yeah, yeah. I, again that and like <laughs> i think the window coverings to keep like people from staring in mm-hmm. also kind of tell you a lot about the emperor like he mm-hmm. wants things done a certain way even if they're awful to both the people riding mm-hmm. and the people carrying them Mm-hmm. He does not care. Yeah, it's almost like Evie and Rosethorn are this like little packaged gift that no one gets to look at until he does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is exactly how it reads. Going back to Parahan, uh just it's such an evocative like image of seeing like a guy in a white robe come up to you and say, like, hey, I'm your tour guide, and he's literally chained to himself with golden chains and you're looking at that and you're like is that going to happen to me is that like what 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 is how, how does he get to that point what did he do wrong or what 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 yeah. like it's just like an awful mental image to think about just like especially if you've just been in a box carried by people yeah it's like <laughs> is that going to happen to me if i'm entertaining enough or important enough will i be stuck here and have chains on me as well and have to be cheery and stuff to the next person that comes in it's just or or if i'm bad enough well if you're bad enough you probably just get killed well i i, I don't know but that, yeah it, it makes you think it, i don't know it's awful now what type of punishment or reward is this yeah because it's hard to tell I have to say, the sentence that describes him, the way his clothes are described, it's like a loose garment-like, gar- a loose garment-like something or rather pair of breeches or something. And you guys heard me stumble over it about 18 times when yeah. I was reading it. But I still, like, I can't imagine it in my head because of, like, all the weird adjectives on there. So I'm not entirely sure what he is wearing. I literally pictured like fucking um, hammer pants, like MC <laughs> Hammer pants. That's like probably just poofy what it white. Is. Uh, but yeah, that's just me. Evie gets to see Boom Dust for the first time, and we get to yeah. see it for the first time in like 
It's Tristan's book. Yeah. Yeah. Not a pleasant experience for Briar. Briar is not very happy about singing it again. Not a good time. And we oh, get wait, was... a different name for it. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it's just the uh, quote of they made it, so I'm sure they can call it whatever they want. Yeah. Zayao. Z-A-Y-A-O. But I like this because, like, obviously this is, like, heavily inspired by, like, Imperial China, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, this is where fireworks came from. So I like the addition of, like, oh, P.S., this is where fireworks came from. Um, it's a nice little, like, historical nod. That reminds me a little bit of the, the chain in Triss's book. Kind of linking it to our world a little yeah. bit. You know a team is on the good side when they all yell death to the enemies of Yangjing. Yeah. Yeah. So you know they're going to be very reasonable, super chill, super chill people that are willing to talk things out and not commit. Definitely not nationalistic zealots. No. 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 Of course, if you're not a nationalistic zealot and you live in Yenxing, you'll probably be executed by the emperor. So, yeah. You're better off this way. Smuggle yourself out of the country. (laughs) Yeah. just, Just walk out. That would be a really interesting, like, side story to know, like, if there are people who are doing that who are like, I disagree with the Emperor's bullshit and I'm trying to get out. Because, I mean, that's, like, real life, right? Like, there are actually places where that kind of thing is happening. It's happening in Russia right now. Uh, Ukraine as well. Like, I know I said that phrase real dismissively, like, but yeah, no, really, like, that is essentially what refugees are is mm-hmm. they are now some of them are purposely displaced by people who uh shouldn't be in power but we're not gonna go there we're just gonna continue this isn't a political about- podcast even though we're, no. we're all um, yeah yeah we're, we have gotten we could get into it more political as this series <laughs> yeah we Listen, started off like very we're not gonna go there and now we're just like you know what fuck it to, we uh, could, but it to, would take an entire day. To... Yeah, to uh, to make a, a a quote that literally none of y'all will understand. Let's stay on fun, happy topics like the death of Kurt Cobain. I do want to give props to the Emperor for um, doing the thing with having them look at his armies, kind of douchey, but also a very effective way to govern, like, and to let other governments know what you're doing and what you're capable of. Just being like, hey, look at this army. I got like five other ones, but you can take a real close look at this one. Go home and tell people what you saw. Please don't fuck with us. It'd be nice if the Emperor wasn't a, you know, warmongering uh, zealot as far as I can tell. I think it's going to be... Sorry. It kind of reminds me with, maybe not necessarily like the US military, but like especially with the proliferation of nuclear weapons. It's like, we have so many of them that, like, please don't fuck with us because we will literally end all life on Earth. Like, don't do it. Please. I think it's going to be really interesting to compare uh, Weishu with Baronine from Will of the Empress and kind of, like, the different ways that they, or possibly similar ways that they, like, manifest their power and go no i'm in charge you are not you know because obviously like the kids in will of the empress weren't treated to an army viewing but that whole like grand entrance and like presentation with the whole court kind of similar in ways yeah you definitely want to like try to impress you know a potential competitor in the future like to make it seem that it's not feasible for them to win or to have more economic power than them or whatever the issue might be. And even though we're only in chapter two, this book is already showing us a lot of like, because at the beginning of Will of the Empress, Briar makes comments about like not liking empires and all of this being bullshit. This is why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Evie bitching about her clothes, 100%, like totally valid, three collars. I also... Have no interest in wearing three collars. Why would you ever need so many collars? I like her description of the steps. They're old. So cute. 
and they like talk to her for a bit and they're like okay we're going back to sleep now we're worn but it's fine yeah Evie had survived on her own for years by avoiding powerful people uh, and then that's that sentence followed with this trip to the imperial court was against every survival instinct she possessed smart kid (laughs) foreshadowing i think maybe who knows and then on the next page she's looking at rose thorn because she's bitching to rose thorn and rose thorn's like chill out or whatever and she says yan jing has hungry ghosts that eat the insides of people and take their skins is that what happened to you is that what you're all called (laughs) <laughs> and this is very funny but also uh like additionally just lovely world building evie starts behaving better because she sees the little like tendrils growing out of the palanquin and she realizes rose thorn is not calm this is an act and so she starts like trying to act better so she doesn't stress rose thorn out and then immediately rose thorn is like are you ill and like <laughs> puts a hand to her forehead and i was like yes yes i'm sure that britney can attest when they're quiet and when they're nice it means they're sick so we kind of talked about like horses versus the palanquin because rose thorn and evie have to be in the palanquin but briar gets to ride a horse and evie's very jealous and rose thorn's like well i'm sure we could have ridden horses too if we were in proper horse riding clothes but then it describes Briar as dressed in robes, which don't seem like the best horse riding clothes to me. So I was like, but I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Let the record show Goodwin's face. I'm <laughs> it is one of confusion. I know you can I'm like. I'm terrified of horses, so. You'd I'm... rather be in the palanquin. Mm, I'll walk. <laughs> okay. I got feet. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't want to be carried by people. It sounds bumpy and miserable. And riding horses, that sounds awful too. Yeah, I'll walk. That's because you have a pair, you have a fear of horses. That's totally different. Yeah, that is Brittany? Yes. How do you feel about boats? Boats are okay. So you're Daja. I'm Daja, (laughs) yes. Horses are terrifying. Daja got (laughs) on the horse though. Me? why are you afraid of them they're they only have giant teeth and big heads but they're vegetarians horses can bite that's true we we had a couple horses and one of them bit one of our dogs to be fair the dog was harassing it and i don't think the horse bit hard the horse didn't bite hard enough to like break skin or cause any massive damage but enough to tell the dog to piss off the dog did i wrote parahan Flattery will get you nowhere. I'll let <laughs> Indy talk more about this because I know that they're that they really liked this bit. But I, I, I have I have comments. <laughs> but my favorite thing from Parahan in this chapter is that he completely pegs Briar. So we get to see Briar's tattoos again, and we get to see that it's not just his hands that they're it's growing up his arms. <laughs> and Parahan's like, now why would a young man like you want to tattoo flowers on his hands? Could it possibly be that you're a thief? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Briar has I, I probably never that. been called out like that, like since <laughs> since he went proper. Yeah. I I I I love that his response was essentially shut the fuck up i'm more a problem now than i was <laughs> which is true which, which is, is true, true. He's much more of a problem now and i'm sure we'll see that i'm sure we'll see proof of that to come but yeah uh goodwin's got a point in street magic when he shows the guards his hands they're just like what the heck is wrong with your hands and he's like can i go now and they don't even think about like thief tattoos once they see them at parahan just immediately it's like ah you're covering something up, I see. He's sharp. Parahan's real sharp. Except I wrote one more thing afterward. Because we can talk about this now. I think we're deep enough in. Back in season five, when we read Magic Steps, there was a part where Pasco talks about Yasmin. Because mm-hmm. he's like super Yasmin fanboy. 
And I was like, oh, I need to remember to talk about this much later in the series. You guys, what? Well, here it is. He says that Yasmin stayed in Yanjing for a year and danced only for the emperor. And he gave her a dress made of pearls. I've been waiting for this! (laughs) So, I'm curious, now that we're starting to learn some things about the emperor, Mm -hmm. if how correct Pasco's version of the story is. I mean, Mm. you know, because like Goodwin was talking about gilded cages, like, because when I read that this time around, I was like, huh. Did Yasmin really stay because she wanted to? Or how much pressure was there on her? Yeah. From the emperor to stay there. Hmm. Hmm. A dress made of pearl sounds like a really good carrot, but where was the stick? Like I know the dress made of pearls also sounds like a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to wear a dress made of pearls. Sounds heavy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'll just put that bug in your ear and maybe maybe we'll talk about it more in the future. But yeah. So I, I like that we're going back to the, the change of perspective. Oh no, like the, the Oh yeah. Bouncing from perspective of characters. Yeah. Um that's delightful. I love that so much. Spoilers, this is a really good book for that. Okay, am I hallucinating? Didn't Rose Thorne mention something about being, and I put in quotes because I don't remember how legitimate it was, but being procured and having to live in a palace? Yes. Okay. I feel like she did say something about that at some point. And I'm, I want to say it was in Melting Stones. I thought it was or not really melting magic. stones. Uh, street magic. Street magic. Yeah, that's the one I meant. Yeah. There's but- definitely some. I don't remember for sure about like being procured and having to list, live in a palace, but there was definitely something in street magic about not liking palaces and rich folk and stuff yeah. because of things that had happened in her past, and yeah. that it might be specifically that because we discussed that at length in one of the chapters. Yeah. So is this is this why she's like? mind your manners <laughs> blend in don't don't get attention drawn to you if you pay like if you mind your manners they will ignore you like i mean evie and briar and Rosethorn all have quite a bit in common in this area with like i don't want to deal with rich people yeah right they know how dangerous rich people are it says evie talking to the stairs and then i drew a heart it says evie you need to be nervous be aware be smart because her being like i don't want to do this i don't like rich people i don't want to be around these people yeah you're smart <laughs> i know you brought it up in your smally but the uh yang Jin has hungry ghosts that eat their insides of people and take their skin lovely love this what a very like, specific yeah, that supernatural is- threat very specific and uh concerning yeah let's go with concerning and then uh evie equates makeup to tumblers i wonder if uh tumbler like tumblers as an act are covers for sex workers um it reminded me of the tumblers in uh what's the one with tristan nico shatterglass Shatterglass. They some of them were, I believe. So, yeah. but the is that what it is correlated to? Like we equate certain things to mm-hmm. certain jobs, even if they are two different things, and there is some legitimacy to the actual job itself. Um, or, or even like. Um... In Sherlock Holmes, the original Scandal Bohemia with Irene Adler, she's mm-hmm. an actress, but being an actress is kind of a scandalous thing to be. And yeah. she's probably not like sleeping around with people aside from the guy she's in love with, but like it's it's kind of scandalous to be an actress. So it might yeah. be something similar. Like, yeah, I was thinking something like that. Like, 
oh, she's a hussy, you know, like shaving your legs or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that used to be. So, like, is it kind of the hush hush mention of that that she can get away with? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just thought that was interesting just because Evie, don't be don't be like that. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. First one of page two is bruh, don't flirt with Rose Thorn. Lark might be the one who bites this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Gar. I was just thinking, like, if you tell Rose Thorn Oh, I can't imagine a rose such as beautiful as yourself would would have any thorns at all. Like bullshit. Like she's not gonna fall to your bullshit. Oh no, she won't. <laughs> she has, like, she will show you her thorns. But also, <laughs> I can just see Lark being like, "Fine, only wow. I." Rosethorn gives one of her little teeth granted. She just shows her teeth. <laughs> I love that image, actually. <laughs> I put down boom dust just because, like, I do appreciate the uh, the bringing it back, but also the conversation of just you know, I think they get to name it since you know they're the one who made it. Just saying. Fair. Because I also think Briar's tattoos are splendid, Evie. Yes, uh, they're so great. So here's here's a little bit into the psyche of tiny baby Indy. Street magic <laughs> made me want to get my first tattoo. Aww. Wow. Because I wanted to get, like, the flower. Mm-hmm. Right. That was originally one of, like, my first thoughts was, I could do that. And everybody's like, don't get tattoos on your hands. You'll never get a job. Don't get one on your neck. One, but I would have so many more if they actually moved like that in real life. Yeah. Like moving tattoos, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. So cool. I, think, I think if they actually moved like that in real life, lots of people would have more and they oh, might be yeah. just more acceptable. I suddenly want to create a world now where like just moving tattoos are the norm and like everybody has tattoos. Big sisters do be like battle cats. As both the the oldest and the youngest, depending on which side. Yeah, no, big sisters do be like battle cats. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I want to meet his sister. Absolutely. He's so fucking chilling. He's just like, yeah, she's <laughs> uh, she's insane. <laughs> I think I know where I was at in this, but. The quote itself from uh, my note, the quote of my notes is, uh, yo, big time fucked. Like, I know this is how some empires are and or were, but goddamn, directly quoted from my notes. So the sheer immensity of this one army that we see and knowing that there are several others and one of them is much much larger and one was much larger until he decided to pick a fight with three neighbors at the same time imagine picking a fight with three of your neighboring countries in that army for that side is still not the smallest one you have bro that's a lot of people yeah I, I do also just want to say how ridiculous it is to start fighting three different different countries at once. Like it's it's dumb. Don't do that. It's probably like rule number one uh, for expansionist military mili- militaristic empires. Uh, don't open more than one front at a time. Jesus yeah. Christ! Like you'd think but... tells you a lot about the emperor. Yeah. Cocky He's just so powerful. Yeah. I mean, obviously he is, if that's still not his smallest army. Yeah. 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 Cocky motherfucker. And I will bring it up and talk a little bit more about it, but just the pure weight and gravity of the line 
so you will tell those you meet what you have seen. Like, yeah. bro has the numbers and has the man force to back it up, but he is also playing a psychological game as much as he is physical war. Like, that's insane. Holy shit. What is... There's a line... Okay, look, I have not actually read it. I don't even know 100%, but I'm pretty sure it is a quote from Mein Kampf. It's demoralize the enemy from within. That is exactly what this is. (laughs) Just like... Hey, all your ambassadors came and saw my big-ass armies. Let them know about that. (laughs) Don't fuck with us. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Don't do that. My first one is a dislike. They are first getting there. Um, Rose Thorne tells Evie, The Emperor made promises to the God King and first dedicate Doki that we would be safe. We have to trust that he's telling the truth. (laughs) We know that he's not. So that's fun. That's super fun. Hooray. Good times are going to be had. Psych turns out Emperor Weishu's the good guy and Doki is the bad guy. And <laughs> that's the battle. Yeah, the super oh, chill goodness. mountain people are, are definitely the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Not the person showing off all the I mean, armies. they pulled a skeleton yeah. out of the wall. So, I mean, could be bad, right? Turns out the mountains are made of bones. That's why there are skeletons popping out. Exactly. Exactly. Parhan, just joking around. We've already talked about him. He's hilarious. When Evie's looking at him and he's like, no, I'm the only one required to wear these. It makes it difficult for me to run away. Like, I mean, true. Just, just real nonchalant about it. I'm like, yeah. Eh. It keeps me here. It also makes me wonder how long he's been there. I like that Evie likes the story of Briar giving himself the tattoos because she says she has spent so much time feeling stupid around Briar that it was comforting to know that he was stupid too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know that feeling. Like, I feel dumb a lot of times, but it's nice to know that the people around me they can be dumb too. It's fine. It's all right. It's very comforting. On the tattoos, it's also growing underneath its fingernails. They're everywhere. It's so cool. It's so cool. It really is. It's, it's so cool. So I want some. Like all, all I can imagine is him like pushing like forty, and they've officially like climbed up. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Just his entire body is a tattoo. Yes. Uh, I want to point out here, shout out to one of our fans. This is from way back when, back in like season six. We posted the question, like, if you could have moving tattoos, what would they be of? And I believe somebody talked about a koi pond. And mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, that the fish swimming around all over your body, that'd be really cool. Be, really be cool. My next one is when Parhan is uh, guessing about whether Briar was a thief. And Briar's like, well, I'm reformed practically, but I can do more damage as a mage than I did as a thief. Like, oh, yeah, he definitely can. You should yeah, see buddy. that he murdered. You have. You have done more damage. <laughs> you already have done more damage, and this book is about going to war. So Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> again, fun times all around. Fun times to be had. This is going to be a super chill, fun book. Hooray. We're not going to cry at all. Uh, no. No. I like the world building of um, Kompanker, where Parhan comes from. Um one of the realms of the sun it's bad luck to kill a twin i thought that was really cool world building like and luckily for him he's a twin so bad luck (laughs) to murder him so let's just sell him off instead (laughs) hey look how else are you gonna get rid of the air right 
We gotta get rid of him, but we can't murder him because it's bad luck. So, what else am I gonna well, do? It does. It does immediately say afterwards. I don't think it's the fact that he's scared of the bad luck. I think he's scared of my sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also Which is why I like, want to meet her. Right? It'd be really cool. But I also feel like, yeah, he might be scared of the sister, but if it's that's something that's it from uh, one of the bad things that happens in his city, the people that would follow him probably would have an uprising. Be like, oh, we don't need you as our ruler because you murdered the twin and that's bad luck. And you're going to just cause bad juju on all of us if we have you as our ruler. So I feel like that's also part of it. There yeah. goes Brittany with her wrinkled brain moves again. <laughs> Sometimes I have those. Thinking like an evil mastermind. Yeah. It's all coming together. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? The theme I found was intimidation. Is that... Uh... The emperor brought everyone here so he can show off all his cool stuff and his armies and like, now go back and tell everyone what you see because this is just my small army. I got bigger ones to murder y'all with. Definitely intimidation. Mine is ceremony. Mm, that's a good one too. Yeah. He has this big ceremony, but then also everything about the way they're dressed. I mentioned like Evie's clothes and having to wear three collars. I didn't mention all the makeup she's wearing. That would also right. suck. My theme was sending a message. Yes. Uh, Parhan being their guide with the gold. I, I can't get over the, the gold shackles. Him being a prince and having him be the, like the visitor's guide. Is yeah. Telling of that, that he has the power to make this prince do that for him. So watch your back because you could be next. Yeah. You could be my next play thing. Mm -hmm. Plus showing the armies and all that. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's definitely sending the message that the Emperor of Yangjing is ready to square up. So don't try it. <laughs> ready to throw hands at all times. A hundred percent. So mine is actually both of those. Pump and circumstance. A lot of show, a lot of like... Mm -hmm. It's not just with, like the emperor having to make these people do all of these things and these big ceremonies. It's also like we see it within like the group itself, Evie behaving 
because Rose Thorn is stressed out, so there's a lot of like, look, I'm really well behaved. So I also had show of power. Obviously, like there's the big army, but we also see uh Panhan in chains. And so therefore, like, this is a show of power over someone else rather than a physical army of people. Even uh, Briar, in a way, when he's got it, when they bring up his tattoos and him just being like, I can cause more damage as a mage than I ever could as a thief. Not really a show of power, but it kind of is. I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. Mine is don't assume that people are okay. Evie is bitching about all the clothes and all the makeup and it's totally valid. And she keeps going like, but why are you so calm? Like, what's why are you not freaking out the way I am? After the palanquin stops, she realizes that Rosethorn is very much not calm because the box is literally sprouting branches and flowers and vines to try and comfort her Mm -hmm. and she's like oh shit like you're not okay yeah don't assume people are okay uh some people are very good at hiding yeah mine was the exact same thing but it also reminded me of um was it it's briar's book when tris and nico have to follow the trail of the blue pox and uh, they have to go down in the sewers and Tris is freaking out and mm-hmm. is like oh my god this is so gross I hate this and she realizes oh Nico probably hates this even more than I do so I need to realize <laughs> that he's also freaking out it may I... not seem like it but you take other people into consideration as well because they probably are just better at hiding it than you are they're probably freaking out as well poor ocd i know mine was it specifically pulled from the uh the quote of so you will tell those you meet what you have seen past natalie did not elaborate (laughs) i just want you to know this so so now you're gonna be trying to just wing it thanks past natalie right the point i was going to try and make was be careful of gossip see there's a difference between gossip and drama hey if i'm not part of the drama i like watching other people's drama like lay it on me i need some popcorn if i'm not part of it lay it on me i want to know all the drama is this why i sometimes read the youtube comments yeah exactly yes but the point i was going to try and make is (laughs) be careful of said gossip and sticking your neb in places they don't belong yeah <laughs> uh it can and will come back to bite you uh mine was that earlier section we were talking about uh where i almost said tris where evie and rosorn are in the palanquin and uh she realizes how stressed out Rosethorn is. My personal magic is communicate your feelings, especially with your friends. I'm literally going through this right now. Not personally, luckily. But I've got two close friends who um, have had kind of a stressful time the past two months because one of them moved and like the other one was like helping them move and like offered to help, but like it's a fucking mess. But they've been friends forever. Maybe not forever, but they've been very close friends, especially the past couple of years. And like now it's kind of all falling apart and I'm like because they're like texting each other about what's going on and like not actually articulating why they feel a certain way or why they thought that what one friend said was taken the wrong way talk to each other in a calm reasonable manner understand what the other side is saying if that's wrong like articulate it in a calm way and see if you can figure it out I hope they figure it out We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter three of Battle Magic. 
The emperor had turned his attention to Briar, who bowed and then gazed at the man with his most innocent expression fixed on his face. From Parahan, he heard something very much like a smothered snort. What do you think of the review of our troops this afternoon? Are you now eager to set aside your trowel and watering can for a sword and shield? Briar smiled. If it pleases your imperial majesty, I already get into plenty of trouble with plants. I shake to think of the kind of mischief I would find with conventional weapons. Interesting to find a youth who does not hanker for battle. The emperor raised a finger. A servant with a tray appeared from the shadows behind the throne. He knelt, offering the tray to Emperor Weishu. Another servant, who had been standing just behind the emperor's elbow, pressed forward and offered him one of the small porcelain cups on the tray. The emperor drained it. As he returned to the standing servant, he asked Briar, Are the stories true? Are you a full Nan Shur at such a youthful age? Briar swallowed a sigh. He'd been asked this question from Emelon to Yan Jing, and he was heartily bored with it. Slowly, he reached into the front of his robes. There was a movement behind the emperor. Four mages stepped up to stand behind, beside the throne on Weishu's left. Two were men in black scholar's robes and caps, one a woman in scholar's robes, and a fourth a mamander of the deserts west of Yangshi, clad in the head-to-toe gray veil of those mages who worshipped the god Mohan. A knitted screen covered his, or her, eyes. These were all imperial mage guards and warriors, among Weishu's closest advisors, to his right were warrior and slave servants, the former being the only ones allowed to carry weapons in the room, the latter to wait upon their master. We must be careful, the emperor explained. Anansher is the only kind of assassin who could get so close to us. Understandable, your majesty, but we have not journeyed so far from home and lived by being stupid, Rosethorn said. For a moment, Briar knew, their standing hung on the emperor's sense of humor. Then the man laughed and everyone in the great chamber relaxed. Except Parahan, Briar noticed. He had never tensed up in the first place. Briar lifted his medallion free of his robes. On the front of the silvery medal, along the rim, his name and rose thorns were inscribed. At the middle, his magic was symbolized by the image of a tree. On the back was the spiral that meant he had studied at Winding Circle Temple. It was the Mohanite who came down the steps, walking between the throne and Parahan. The captive man tugged his leash hard enough to make it jingle, hinting that he considered tripping the mage. The Mohanite ignored him and stopped before Briar to extend a gloved hand palm up. Good of him to ask under the circumstances, Briar thought. He held the medallion out to the length of the silk cord and placed it in the mage's hand. The Mohanite turned it over in his fingers, saying nothing. Sometimes Briar wished he'd never gotten the thing. Their teachers had given the medallions to Briar and his three foster sisters two years ago, before he, Triss, and Daja had set forth on their wanderings. It was rare for mages so young to have them. Medallions were the proof that they were accredited mages, able to practice magic without supervision and to teach. The four were forbidden to wear them publicly before they were 18, to prevent trouble. At this point, Briar was sure he wasn't going to wear his openly even at 18. Older mages were often furious to see it on him. Dedicate initiate Ducky hadn't seemed to care. Most mages didn't receive theirs until they were in their twenties. Briar hated the aggravation. The Mohanite gently placed the medallion on Briar's chest, gave him a small bow, and then and then climbed to the dais. He raised his rope slightly to climb the steps. When he reached Parahan's leash, he placed one foot on it firmly, looking down at the captive. The big man replied with a wide grin. He placed his palms together and bowed. The Mohanite shook his head slightly and returned to his place beside the other mages. Truly impressive, the emperor said. I should have expected as much from a student of the great mage Rosethorn. Briar bowed, wondering if his spine would start to curve with much more of this. I will never be what she is, your imperial majesty. There was humor in the emperor's eye as he said, and modest, are you certain you are a youth of 16 years? There was a ripple of laughter among the listening courtiers, though no change of expression on the faces of the mages that Briar could see. Briar himself chose to smile and bow again. She has trained me very well, your imperial majesty, he explained. I learned manners under many blood-curdling threats. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. 
Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Town. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Also, before everyone goes... I'm so excited about We have an embosser! Hell yeah. (laughs) I just showed up one day, everybody. We don't know who did it. So cool. Shout out. Uh, You're amazing. This is very cool. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.